Hey, y'all, man, it's week three NFL, man. We got a great show for you all today. I got Parlay Pete and Major Parlay coming back. We had a pretty good week on the gambling slate. We're going to talk about that later on. Uh, we're going to talk a little Brady Belichick, uh, Pete Carroll versus Russ, Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers versus the media, uh, what I think are the worst two rules in football, some two early MVP predictions, then we'll get into our report card. And then we'll get into our picks for this week. And then I will close it out with the with a monologue on the conveniently capitalist owners in the NFL. But let's start with an urban myth. <laughs> the urban myth. When the going gets tough, urban gets going. And it's not like the old phrase we heard go- growing up when, like, you know, you actually get going. You know, you get ready when the, when the tough gets going. No, 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 no. Urban flees. While at Florida, he dominated. Then Saban shows up. Uh, you know, a couple of allegations about some misconduct by some players happens. What does Urban do? He takes a break. Then he's at Ohio State. Yeah, he wins a natty. They're dominating the Big Ten. But as soon as Hill's about to come, what does he do? He gets going again. And now he's in the NFL. 0-2, obviously. And what does he tell Vic Fangio? It's like playing Alabama every week. Well, no shit, Urban. You're in the NFL. You're playing against the best of the best. There's no more beating up on Harbaugh Michigan. There's no more playing against Iowa. You're not playing against Ohio University Bobcats or whatever the hell they are. You're playing against the best of the best. But... The 2021-2022 Jaguars were failed from the start. They were going to fail. When you take a coach who is an egotistical, dictatorial, just just tone-deaf coach who's never lost, and then you throw that with a quarterback who hasn't been an underdog since he dressed up as underdog for Halloween in 2004, what do you expect to happen? They're not used to taking the lumps of the NFL. And for my Cartersville crowd, this is not a knock on Trevor Lawrence because I'm rooting for him. I just hate that he has who he has coaching him. I mean, just look at his staff, man. Just look at his staff. His assistant head coach is, is um, oh my God, Charlie Strong. Charlie Strong was a great coordinator. He had a nice run at Louisville, but he has no NFL experience. And this is his 38th year coaching. Look at his look at his offensive coordinator, Daryl Bevel. Is anybody clamoring to have Daryl Bevel as their coach? No. He's going to be a career coordinator. He's probably going to end up being a passing game coordinator after he gets fired here and the Jaguars are awful. Then his passing game coordinator, Brian Schottenheimer. Not Marty, Brian who was just Russell Wilson's offensive coordinator, and we got rid of him because he was stale. And these are the hires that he made expecting to do what? Win in the NFL? It's bad enough he inherited one of the worst rosters in the league. Then he makes terrible coaching hires. Oh, yeah, remember, the strength and conditioning coach from Iowa that he tried to hire. Like, oh, this is going to be a good idea. Or bringing in Tim Tebow. Like, yeah, man, he's, he's a hard worker. He's competitive. So what? He sucks. And you just see these decisions over and over again. And then last week, Urban comes out and says that he's not using 
pieces of Clemson's offense to make things easier for Trevor because he wants him to learn how to be a professional quarterback? When most rookie quarterbacks are using an offset of the scheme that they were using in college? I mean, hell, Kyler Murray got Cliff Kingsbury a job just because they were like, you know what, these two work well together. But you want to teach him how to be a professional quarterback. How about you learn how to be a professional coach, Urban? How about that? But anyways, let me bring in my guest so we can get a little, we can get talking about football because I don't want to just go in on this Urban myth. Urban Meyer was going to be a great hire in the NFL. Yeah, right. Go to USC, Urban. Is the job's open now? Just take the job at USC that you wanted, Urban. What's up, guys? It's fine. How do you do, big baby the goat? <laughs> I'm doing well, man. Uh, you know, I, I, Pierce, didn't we talk about Urban not working like in the off season when it happened? You know. It's it's one of those things where, you know, we, we've really truly only seen in NFL history that I can truly just name off the top of my head two coaches that have come and have transitioned the success that they had in college directly to the NFL. So from there, you're already getting a sense of it's a not a it's typically that's a bad hire because it never works out. And those two coaches that, you know, came from college uh, to the NFL with no prior – well, I guess Pete did have NFL experience before then, but it was a forgettable experience. Pete Carroll, who's obviously won a Super Bowl, and Jimmy Johnson, who's won a Super Bowl. So I don't think, you know, um, Urban Meyer getting hired and giving him a rookie head coach, uh, you know, you got Shad Khan as the – you know, he's the – at this point, I almost know Shad Khan is the AEW guy you know, because that seems to be what he's really putting his money into because now they're starting to make a lot of noise. And I don't even watch wrestling anymore, but I'm aware of it. And I know that they've got, you know, legends and stuff. But anyways, him hiring Urban Meyer was more of a splash thing, just like Urban bringing in Tim Tebow was a splash thing. I don't think anyone really thought these guys would make some noise. And of course, uh, Trevor Lawrence is a rookie. There was going to be those rookie kinks that he was going to go through. Um, but all in all, I mean, you hit the nail on the head with the way that you started. Urban is a guy that comes and goes. That's his M.O. He's proven it time and time again. And um, I feel sorry for him, but I feel I'm really happy for USC, though. They're going to get a great college coach. You got anything, J.P.? I just think they're both rookies, so he's, you know, I mean, Urban's not a rookie, but I agree. It's just a splash. He's just there to make a headline and make some get money. some NFL experience. I mean, who wants to go to Jacksonville and live? Sorry, Jew. I mean, happy you got out of there. <laughs> well, hey, he's probably more pissed now in Norfolk, but. I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, one big headline I've been seeing this week was did Bill Belichick make a mistake by letting Tom Brady go? And, and for me, in the moment, I was like, no, get him out of here. He's cooked. I, I I went on a rant before last season saying, Bruce Arians, you 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 got an old school G wagon with no gas in it with Brady and Gronk, and you're gonna you might get to the Super Bowl, you might get to the playoffs, but your gas lights on, you're gonna end up empty. Well, <laughs> slaps me right. Tom Brady out, I could see because there was, he was slowing down for a minute. But how'd you ever count Gronk out? I just thought he was too hurt and he just wasn't gonna be able to. He was super injury prone. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he, he he seemed to always get injured. Hell, 
one of the things that people forget is that when, you know, when the Falcons lost, and I always have to get the Falcons in on the podcast, when the Falcons lost to them in the Super Bowl, Gronk didn't even play in that game. He got hurt earlier in that season. He didn't play with them the whole playoffs. So, you know, it, it, it was easy to kind of look at it that way. Plus, But he was a little bit younger. It was just a matter of if he could stay healthy. Yeah, so uh, Nick Wright came and said, like, this was one of the biggest, like, sports – uh, mistake since Babe Ruth, and I go. I, I, that seems a bit extreme. And then, then I look, then Cowherd he countered him with. He said, "I kind of look at it like the way we look at some of the stuff that happened during COVID. You're dealing with something that's never happened before, and I can't be upset with you for being wrong here because Tom Brady was 40. He's what 44 now. I, Gronk was hurt all the time, so." Why not move on a season early instead of a season too late? Well, and then for what it's worth, you know, with Gronk, I mean, Gronk was retired anyways. And so he he wasn't even there with Brady that last year. He had already retired after they beat the Rams in the Super Bowl. And at that point when they did trade him and Brady was already in Tampa, you know, obviously there was some wink, wink. Hell, the commercial is out where I – mean, Gronk's you know, Tom was fucking FaceTime. Him, get your ass down to Florida, man. Like, you know what I mean? Like, we've got a we we got something here. We can do what we want here. Like, you know what I mean? You can't do what you want in New England. And I think that that was really where the headbutting went. It was Tom wanted things a certain way. Bill wanted them another. They already had all that success. And you know, Tom winning the Super Bowl was just kind of him just sticking it to him and saying, fuck you, like old man. Like I can win without you and you're going to not make the playoffs without me and you're going to regret this. But the COVID, you know, definitely to me, it did affect last season to where, I mean, I'm not saying Tampa wouldn't have won, but we just, we really don't know, but it did affect the season in my opinion. Absolutely. You got Tom Brady in there with no crowd noise, making whatever decision he wants. I think that makes the game a lot easier for him. Yeah. Like Peyton Manning on the line with no noise. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then, I heard a stat today that like that visiting teams last year were or home teams lost more games than uh, visiting teams last year. So like the what's home field advantage? Well, I mean that that adds to it. If there's no crowd noise, then away teams are probably gonna do a little bit better. They're coming in there, they got full operational control of their line. That's Mike. No no false starts, everything's running. So to keep it on this coach quarterback thing, right, we got another marriage that you would think would mirror the – that kind of does mirror the the Brady-Belichick dynamic. You have a coach who was good and respected but not necessarily who they are today prior to getting this quarterback. Uh, the quarterback was once carried by great defenses, then eventually came into their own and became a superstar quarterback, and you got Pete Carroll versus Russell Wilson. Now, as you all know, I'm not the biggest Russell Wilson fan here, but Russell Wilson is a top four quarterback in this league. Um, just no questions asked. Maybe top three, depending on who you ask. Yeah. Uh, Pete Carroll is in that same stratosphere as coaches in this league, as far as I'm concerned. He's done what Urban can't do. Um, but but Russ, you know, Russ, go Hawks. Yeah, let's go Hawks. And Pete chewing his gum 200 miles per minute. Uh, they've had some beef in the past couple of years. Russ has been like, hey, yo, I'm tired of throwing the ball only on third down. I would like to throw the ball a bit more off and let Russ cook. Then he puts out the four teams 
that he would go to if he were to leave Seattle. And all of this stuff is public. And, and, and you know, I joke that he's going to be the next quarterback of the New York football giants because Sierra got, has to get out of Seattle. Like, she, she can no longer live there. Like, her celebrity is dying in Seattle. Um, but Pete called out Russ for, like, really the first time of, of, of recent memory for uh, a decision that he made in overtime. And I don't know if y'all caught Russ came back and said, hey, like the, the ball was inches for being completed. Like, I'm not changing my process. Like, that was the right decision. So a little feistiness, you know, after they had their kumbaya uh, this summer working things out. But we had a conversation in a group text about who is Pete Carroll think he is to call out Russ. And I'm like, he's a Hall of Fame coach. He can call out his quarterback. I mean, hell, his quarterbacks embarrassed him in the public for the last two summers. I think Pete Carroll has the right to say, hey, I saw something I didn't like, and, you know, I'm going to address it. JP? I think that's fair, but uh, I'll never forget this. Nobody's called Pete out enough for this. Is that backwards <laughs> or you can read it? <laughs> I personally, it's literally one of the, I might put it at the second worst coaching decision I've ever seen in the Super Bowl, followed behind the Falcons passing on third down when they were in field goal range, getting sacked and never scoring another point. Uh, did Daryl Bevel call that play? I'm, oh, I'm, for, you mean for the Seahawks? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that, was, that was Bevel's call. <laughs> Good call, Urban. <laughs> that was Bevel's call. But you notice nobody really blames Russ uh, for that Super Bowl. Not a lot of people are like, yeah, Russ threw a pick. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Matt Ryan gets, like, a ton of blame for not checking out of a – out of a couple of different plays in that Super Bowl when his answer to it, of course, was we were doing this all year with Kyle, so why would I change it now? And the out to Sanu was a first down, but they called a holding call. Let's not forget about that. To me, like I said, and I don't – because I know we're talking Pete holding, and Russ. Holding. I mean, what's that? Me, do that. <laughs> go back and watch that stuff. Jake Matthews deserves a lot of blame for what happened in that Super Bowl. Absolutely. How many times have you watched that Super Bowl? I, I pray for the your game heart. itself. I've only watched it the day that we were here. Uh, okay. I've seen the the uh, uh, what's his fucking name? Julian Edelman catch like 15, 20 times. Um, just that whole that whole last series on offense for both That's magical. Teams, I've watched a lot. And so let's get back to Pete and Russ. Do, do we think there's some smoke in the city? Absolutely. Absolutely. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. And the only thing, and we know what cures that winning. Winning cures all. But they're gonna be in this case, I don't even know. Let me see. Who does Seattle have? Seattle's look, and they're in a division too this year where it could be currently fair. at one and one, they're in last place by themselves. So it's it was already a good division last year because you had two playoff teams, including them who won the division. Um but they're kind of – they're not as – to me, they're not as talented as the other teams in that division. And so it's going to be – it's going to be an uphill battle for them. It's going to be tough sledding. But I definitely believe that there's some smoke there. And where there's smoke, there's fire. And I think that this is just kind of the start of it. I can see them easily – you know, they're going to be a competitive team because they've got Russ. You know what I mean? When you've got a top-five quarterback, you're going to be competitive. There's no doubt about that. Even if you don't, if you don't have a winning record, you're going to be competitive. And so – and have a chance to win every game. And and so they, I could see them, you know, possibly being an eight and nine team. I think we did that in the first show where we kind of went through it. And I was telling you, I said, I don't think Seattle's going to make the playoffs. I said, them and the Steelers both 
two teams that have never under Mike Tomlin and under Russell Wilson, neither of those teams have ever had losing records. And so I said, I think that they're both going to have losing records this year. And granted, like I said, we got a small sample size, but um, it's looking like it's coming to fruition because there's just smoke all around both of them. You know, you could tell Mike wants to get rid of Ben. And you could tell that Pete doesn't want to, or Russ doesn't want to work with Pete anymore. Yeah, man. Um, like I say, this is Danny Dimes last year as the quarterback of the New York Giants. Let's get ready to get those Russell Wilson number three New York football Giants jerseys. He's going to bring them back to prominence. And gonna be, and, and let me say, with, with him, they really would be good. If you look at it, they are so, they got so much talent. If Saquon Barkley can just be healthy. Half, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, they have so much talent. Like, <laughs> I don't think that there's a better four-wide receiver set in the NFL than the Giants. Some would argue, but I, I'm not going four to. Four-wide receiver. No tight end. Four-wide receiver. I mean, Tampa, you can go Scotty Miller, yeah, Mike Evans. Okay, okay. Tampa, not Tampa, win Tampa, Tampa's the only one. Tampa's the only one. But, but they, they got a uh, competent group over there. If Galladay can get it to fuck together for my fantasy team. But – um. Try to send me that bullshit too. Yeah, right. <laughs> hey, JP. So, so you were saying you don't think there's smoke in, in, in Seattle. How come? Uh, just because I believe in Disney World, and uh, I don't know, it's always seemed like a magical couple to me. And I guess I'm not I'm not looking into it hard enough. For one, I miss I completely miss Pete Carroll calling out Russ. Maybe that's why I think there's no smoke. I'll just I'll hold my tongue on that since I don't know all the information out there. All right. Well, we know there's, you know, Green Bay has been smoky since the, two, the what the 2020 draft. I mean, it's it's on fire. It's on fire there. And I mean, Aaron Rodgers bounced back as expected. Um, I, I wasn't worried, but there were some who who were worried by Aaron Rodgers. I mean, one of his former teammates, Jamichael Finley, comes out and says, "I don't think he works as hard as he used to." Well, he probably doesn't work as hard as he used to because he's better, so he doesn't have to work as hard to be great. Uh, he's more efficient. With I think his that's time. a fallacy, AI. You know what I'm saying? I think that's a non-championship winning fallacy. Okay, there's always room for improvement. But I'm sorry to interrupt. That's fine. Uh, and and then he said he could see uh, Jordan Love starting by week four. No. And then you got Bill Cowher calling him out and Nate Burleson calling him out. I understand why Nate Burleson would have smoke with Aaron Rodgers because he's a NFC North guy and he got beat up a lot by, by the Packers. But Aaron Rodgers, you know, he went to his boy Pat McAfee and, and he, he kind of has some words for the media. And he's pretty much like, y'all are out here chasing blue checks. Y'all are out here trying to build your own celebrity. But the, the stuff that y'all try to build off of is, is terrible. They're just hot takes and it's not good substance. And as someone who's not a big consumer of ESPN, I see that like is the hot take sales, the Skip Bayless hot take sales. And I found it very interesting, though, because Colin on yesterday's show, uh, Wednesday show, he enjoyed kind of went in on 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 Aaron and to a point where it almost got like felt personal. And I go hit dogs holler. But one of Colin's points was that as a he was like, my best stuff is not like my wild takes. People don't come don't care about wild takes. And I go, maybe not from you, but I think the suits upstairs like the wild takes. Like if you listen to what Max Kellerman was saying on, on first take before he got fired, uh, did you listen to Skip Bayless to show before you? And here's the wild things he says like LeBron is not a top 10 player all time. Like I mean, there's a reason why Skip Bayless is one of the highest pay, paid 
sports media guys and Aaron Rodgers hates his guts because there are people who just say wild things that are just not true. So Aaron fires back at the media and then the media gets mad. Like, how dare you come at us? Like, I don't know. I'm just loving this new Aaron Rodgers with his long hair. He looks like he's stoned all the time, and he's just right. like his zen self. He just looks so happy, and then he just diced up. Then he diced up Detroit in the second half just because, you know, he could. And Ooh, he diced up Detroit. Detroit's going to be competitive this year. <laughs> They're not going to be the pushover that they were last year, that's for sure. Um, no, no. Dan but- Campbell's coaching those boys up. But this is what I'll say too. Yeah, which funny story about his hair? You know why he's growing his hair out? Why? No, it's for Halloween. Who's he going to be for Halloween? I don't know. That's the question. He literally said that he's doing it for Halloween, and that um, <laughs> it's somebody that he really looks up to that he's going to be. And he said that that was the reason for the long hair. And so I have no idea who that could possibly be, but I just Aaron think Rogers is going to be the Joker for his hair out. One day yeah. out of the year, and um, he might be Heath Ledger. Joker. He's going to be the Joker. You think? It, That's I, the only thing I could see with that hair. Yeah, could be. I re- I was for sure wondering why he was growing out his hair because I'm like, dude, you look like you don't give a fuck right now. Like, he looks, and, and if you notice too, he looks a little frailer. Yeah, you know that, what I mean. Definitely, like he's, he's trying to play method for Halloween. To be honest. <laughs> well, and that that's what just makes it so interesting. At first I was thinking he was gonna be Matthew McConaughey in Dallas Buyers Club or something. But um I don't I don't look, I don't know. But either way right, we'll find out in about thirty. Aaron's got all the right in the world to to talk shit about the media. This man has nothing to prove anymore. Even with just one Super Bowl, he has nothing to prove. He goes down as one of the top no matter what, he's one of the ten greatest quarterbacks ever already. And everybody knows it. And anyone that's actually watched football for the last two decades. If you talk about who was the, who did you enjoy watching the most? And who did you think was the best while watching? I always rank Peyton Manning first, because to me, from what I saw, Peyton Manning was the greatest quarterback I've ever seen play. Tom is the best quarterback ever. He's the greatest football player. ever. We can all agree on that. He's the greatest. But in terms of if I test, if you were just watching the game, most people would, I would think you would say Peyton Manning. And then second, I would put Aaron Rodgers in terms of what I saw and just like the throws and then his style of play because people forget how mobile Aaron Rodgers is. I got to see this man the year he won the Super Bowl come to Atlanta and beat us. We were the number one seed, 13-3. Uh, and, wow, I mean, I couldn't fucking believe it. I couldn't believe it. And – it, it's just – it's unbelievable. But I think he has every right to kind of talk to the media the way that he wants because the media talks about everybody the way that they want. So don't throw it – if uh, you know what I mean? If if, if 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 they can't handle what's being thrown at them, then uh, – what they're throwing, then don't do it. Like, uh, Yeah, totally agree. Uh, they like to say, you're a public figure. We can criticize you. You're also a public fi- figure media. And I have, for, I have a First Amendment right too there, bud. But I had to go dig up some stats real quick. Cause I, my one thing about Aaron Rodgers that I have him maybe not in my top five is his inability to play from behind. And it seems to be a mental thing. It's like when he gets down, he'll beat up on himself. So I just did the quickest research that I could. This was published January 22nd, 2017. So it's a little bit outdated, right? But uh, that sounds like after they uh, got beat by us. 
Probably. So look, Rodgers, and I, I'll check this again, and I'll, maybe the next time after I have time to research it, I'll let you know if it still holds true. But Rodgers has never won a game in which he trailed by more than one point in the fourth quarter. That's an interesting stat. Yeah, I do know that Matt Ryan he's and Andy Dalton in these games. Matt Ryan and Andy Dalton have more uh, come back, come from behind wins than Aaron Rodgers. So that's that's the one knock on 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 Aaron Rodgers because back in the day Matt Ryan could come from behind. Now he, he literally had he literally, he's, out, he's overcome a one point deficit two times, but never anything more than a one point deficit. He he literally had the most fourth quarter comebacks and since wow. he. Oh, I'm sorry. Like, what you got? Next line. So what does this mean ahead of Sunday's NFC Championship? Well, for one, the Packers can't afford to fall behind to the Falcons, particularly in the fourth quarter. It, it was it was this was published right before that game. That game was over after Julio scored to start off the third quarter. It was let like one to nothing or let something. Let me tell you a funny story about that game. I was at a Packers bar with a Michael Vick jersey on in San Diego. You know, just I was just asking for hell. And as the game's tight, you know, you're talking shit back and forth, and it's fun. It's all friendly. Then once we go up, and then once we're winning, I'm in there doing the dirty bird. I'm just, I'm just talking cash money shit. And this girl is like, "Fuck you, fuck you, the Falcon shock." I'm like, "Yo, hey, dude, get your chick, bro. Like, I, like the, the Falcons are winning the game, so they don't suck. Like, we're not having an analytical football conversation at all. She's drunk and angry. I can't talk to her the way I want to because she's a woman. I respect women. Uh, bro, get your girl. Then the security guard." It's like in my face, like, I lost a fucking thousand dollars on this game. <laughs> I'm like, what does that have to do with me? Like, I, I didn't coach the Falcons. I didn't play for the Falcons. Like, I, I just watched the game like you did. I'm dude, just, just from Georgia and support my hometown team. <laughs> so this dude kicks me. The security guy kicks me out of the bar because he lost a grand on the game. And I'm like, dude, like. I'm going to leave here because you like your security and you can tell the police whatever you want and they'll believe you over me. So I'm just going to get go back to home base, drink for free, eat for free where I'm loved. So anyways, let's 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 get to the worst rule in football. And I've listened to some people talk about this and Man. there's two rules that I really want to get into. And I want to know which one y'all think is worst. So this new NFL taunting penalty is a 15 yard personal foul penalty. And there have been as many taunting penalties through two weeks as there were all of last year already. I got that from Joy Taylor. Um, and then in college, you have targeting. You have targeting where you have kids who are, for one, not the best of the best playing the game, so you don't expect them to be as precise tacklers as an NFL player. But the game is also boom, boom. And and kids are getting taught, getting 15-yard penalties and getting tossed from, from games. And even when they review it, whereas if it's subjective, it's like, up, oh, get them out of here. And I understand player safety, and I understand not wanting players to get in the fights, but there aren't many football fights. So here's here's what I think about these two rules. I think that they're nerds trying to impact athletics entirely too much, right? Because and I, some of me even wants to say the taunting thing is racially motivated, um, but how can you take the emotion out of football? And how can you take some of the suddenness out of football? Like, I don't know if y'all saw in the um, – it was the uh, Auburn-Penn uh, State game 
where the kid gets tossed for targeting because the kid's about to go in the end zone. And the only place, the only way he could have hit him to keep him out of the end zone was to target. And there was like no context around it. And his reply was, what I'm supposed to do, let him score. So, JP, going to you first, man. Which one do you think is the worst rule and why? I think, ta- no, taunting is worse by a long shot because, for one, I mean, the worst thing it does is affects the losing player's mental health, which a loss is going to do anyway. You know what I mean? Whereas that targeting, I think it's a bad rule. I, th- I don't think targeting is a bad rule. I think targeting is poorly enforced. Um, I think there should be less targeting calls and it should be more so, more tailored to the quarterback and receivers coming across the middle. Um, if you're a receiver and you've taken two steps and somebody whacks you, that shouldn't be targeting. I, I mean, if there's a clear effort to try. So a lot of these targeting calls are happening while for quarterbacks, they're taking an extra jump back. And so it's making them look like they're falling. The, all the angles change when the quarterback throws. It takes a little hop. You know what I mean? And then, uh, <clears throat> but the taunting calls. I mean, I've seen I've seen a kid make a play and go, wah, and he gets a taunting call. Even, even in the NFL, I'm just like, Dude, as I said, there's no way to take – I mean, take emotion out of sports, but then where's the fun in it, you know? I mean, hell, Lamar Jackson taunted twice, and it didn't get caught. Like, when he flipped into the end zone, and then when he got the first down, he, like, celebrated. I'm like, oh, that looks like taunting. Yeah, but. so, like, that flip in the end zone, they would have called that in college. They have been a lot more – they've been a little bit more lenient with the taunting in the NFL. Um, but I, I still – I'm happy when they don't call the bullshit. Okay, I'm happy they let Lamar go without those taunting calls, X, Y, Z. Uh, I prefer uh, when these things are not called unless it's like a blatant targeting, like the guy let go of the ball and somebody wrecks the quarterback it, out of bounds, X, Y, Z. And it kind of just piggyback off him. I mean, the targeting is, like you said, it's kind of subjective in a sense of, you know, we get it. Helmet hits helmet. Understood there. And from the safety standpoint, the optics of it, they want to make it seem like, hey, we're protecting the players. We're doing what we can. These guys are – that fucking head is getting wrong no matter what because if you get hit and you hit the ground hard enough, that's fucking – at that point, is that not fucking targeting? If we're trying to get rid of – the impact could be just as bad falling and hitting the ground like that. The ground's harder than the, the other person's helmet. Shit. I mean, that ground's not going to move. That helmet's going to move. And so, <laughs> you know, I, I think that definitely the, the taunting is a little bit worse, and I think it's only worse because of this. A guy could be doing anything. Like you said, somebody could be saying, let's go, and then the flag comes out. And it's just kind of like, I mean, what are we supposed to be robots playing this game? You know what I mean? Or When we get a first down. I've been there before. Right. When we get a first down, you know, there shouldn't be any excitement that, damn, I just made a play for my team. You know what I mean? You know, you get the crazy. They're, they're calling you college. They're calling dancing. during the game. Yeah, it's just oh, it's just ridiculous because the kid turned around and was like this right through the end zone. Now look, I mean, dude, no, guys, you're supposed to be able to high step in the end zone. You're supposed to be able to spike yeah. the ball. That is football. And I think I think you put it in the group, JP. Now, if you do what William Gay did <laughs> with yeah. the Steelers, now that was except that was excess. That's something. That is something that should be called. But I missed it. What did he do, bro? He like so he did a dance with somebody. They threw the flag. They called it. Then he did something with somebody else. He just never stopped. You know the and old then, NFL, bro, once they throw the flag, okay, they throw the flag for celebration. That means don't stop celebrating because you're already getting the 15 yards. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, dude, dude balled out, bro. He went crazy. He did, he did a second dance with somebody else, like where he did like, like a sword fighting, 
And then the next one, he got on the ground on his knees, and so did a coach. And they started like bear crawling to each other. It was, uh, if you can find it again, send it to the group so that he can see it. Because you must have seen it. Again? It was hilarious. It was, it was hilarious. And the caption was gay. The caption was was that he basically that he would have been ejected for that in today's NFL. And oh, so, sure. yeah, like because it was it was. I I don't think I've seen a more obsessive celebration ever. To be totally honest, and all he did was get an interception. <laughs> that was it. I got it coming after this five second ad. That's what she said. Um, so let's get into the week uh, two recap, right? We're, we're not getting to our report card yet. We're just gonna recap week two. Uh, so here's some of the big picture takeaways I got. It's a lot of hurt quarterbacks. We got Wentz now with both sprained ankles. Man, that's such a surprise. I... Just watch. You can keep talking, though. Tua with broken ribs. Shocker again. Oh, no. Okay, he did score. I didn't realize he scored. Yeah, yeah he scored. So, first there's the flag. Damn. So, hold on. He did four dances because they didn't even show that. That wasn't even the one they showed him in the end, though. So, no, this is where the first flag comes, I think. Because that was a little bit extra. Okay, there's dance. Dance number three. <laughs> really, really, right, really, that's the third dance. And he's holding the ball, too. <laughs> he's taking oh, that one. Oh, my guy, A.B. Here, here it is. <laughs> he's not stopping. He's not what, stopping. What was the point of that? Like... I mean, you know, that's the type a, of shit Tom was running. Touchdown, dude. They don't give a fuck about penalties. It's all good. Make the field goal kicker 15 yards further away. Whatever. That's what okay, the extra so, point is now. Right. I mean, and hell, he's a defender. I don't blame him. So, yeah, so hurt quarterbacks, man. We got Wentz. We got Tua. We got Ben with a hurt peck, but he still might play. Uh, Andy Dalton's hurt. Tyrod Taylor's hurt. Fitzy's already hurt. Um, is Cam Newton going to get a call? I doubt it. Absolutely not. I doubt it. He should. I also want to point out that none of these six hurt quarterbacks are from any kind of targeting. It's just natural gameplay. It couldn't be avoided. I mean, yeah. Uh, I mean, Carson Wentz could have avoided his by just staying in the pocket and throwing the ball away. <laughs> Carson Wentz was – he could Carson not have Wentz avoided Carson it. Wentz. He was going to get hurt. Anyway. Hell, he might have he celebrated a touchdown and got hurt for all I know. And I, so – the Dolphins might be in the best uh, – the Dolphins and the Bears may be in the best case uh, scenario now because they might have the better quarterback on the field. I don't know if Brissett's better than Tua. Fuck no. I, I'm not ready to call that yet. But the line I agree, well, we know for a fact with Chicago, this is, what the, this is what the Bears organization, his teammates, and the fans want. And the league. The Everybody league. except for Matt Nagy wanted it. And Andy Dalton himself, of course. But outside of that, that's what everybody wanted. I, Does anybody I, expecting Fields to be great this year, though? No. Okay. They don't have I'm, not. I'm looking for flashes. Uh, I'm looking for uh, for him to, like, get beat up and then can maintain his confidence. But, like, I don't expect – I don't expect any of these rookies to be great. The only, the only two rookies I expect to have, like, an impact that may matter is Mac Jones because of the infrastructure around him and Trey – and Trey Lance because they're they're on good teams. Yeah, they well they they've got talent and they've got established head coaches. Something that those other teams don't have. None of these other teams have a head coach that has taken their team to a Super Bowl. Yeah, no, None of them. But but Bill and um, Kyle have both been to a Super Bowl. 
you know, obviously with Bill winning um, six of them, but, and and then two as a D coordinator, but point being, um, you know, it, it's, it's unfortunate. I think it's, it's good for the league from that sense, but it is bad for the league for guys going down so early and it happens every year, but typically not at the quarterback position. Do you have this many injuries uh, to kick off a season, you know, within the first two weeks, the first quarter of the season. Is it too also, early to say new uh, quarterback starting? Is it too early to say Kyle Kaepernick? That died uh, the day that he took the knee. Uh, we knew that he was never going to get another shot. Even when they had set up that uh, that open trial. quarterback in Madden, though, just throwing that out there. He's on the Madden game, and he's very good. Uh, yeah, another guy than Kirk Cousins, like a bunch of quarterbacks. Like It's like at least like 15 starting quarterbacks he's ranked higher than. Question, should – if if Matt Ryan gets hurt this this in the next week or two, they're gonna sign Cam Newton. Would that be the best case scenario for the Falcons so that we could pick at the top of the draft again? I don't like that question, Lee. I'm gonna be honest. With you. <laughs> I, and, and, I, and I'm not wishing I'm not wishing <laughs> a, a life threatening injury on Matt Ryan. I'm just saying you missed like six games, you know. I think that the way that they've looked so far, that that's gonna be inevitable regardless of if he if he's healthy or not and so you know they already picked fourth last year I can't really think of but maybe two teams that are worse than us so far just through two weeks the Jags and the Jets yeah those are the only two teams I could say and you know what's funny we played both of them this year and we also play the Lions too so we've got some games that we should win but Lions will probably beat us. Yeah, how about to say? It'll, I think it's better than us. Um, I can't say the same for the Jets or the Jags, though. But then again, hell, the Jets, the Jets play the Panthers type. So I mean, but 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 the Jets, uh, Zach Wilson also threw four picks because I told y'all Belichick was going to eat him alive last week. A couple of other things from week two: uh, Patrick Patrick Mahomes falling to Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson came back in the fourth quarter, which is something that he hasn't historically done. And Patrick Mahomes lost his first game to one of the young uh, AFC quarterbacks. Uh, is this is this a big step for Lamar? Do we think he finally gets his big contract because of this game? He's he's going to get the contract regardless just because you can't afford no, – no quarterback leaves after their rookie year that's certainly an MVP. You know, you never, you never let a quarterback walk like that. I know that Aaron Rodgers was – Seeming like he might have become the first one to do it. Because think about it, no quarterback has ever, you know, changed teams after an MVP season. Or, or like, you know, not far removed from an MVP. And I know that Cam, I guess, to a degree. But Cam was always getting hurt. But point being, no, there, I, I think that the contract was already sewed up. The question is the terms on it. How much guaranteed money? How much are they going to really commit to him was the biggest thing to me. Um, I am still – I believe in Lamar as a player. He literally, if there's ever been a player that I feel like I'm watching Michael Vick again, and especially being somebody that saw Mike Vick play like for years, um, he to me is a more refined version of the Falcons version. I don't put him in that Eagles category of him because he's so much more of an elusive runner. And Vick was still running with the Eagles then, but like, you know, with the Falcons, he was really doing that running shit. Like it was, it was just like Lamar, like it, at any point in the game, he could just take over like that. And 
But, you know, Vic also sucked dick at passing, which every Atlanta Falcons, I don't know why black people in Atlanta want to act like Mike Vic was, he was a fucking terrible quarterback. He was terrible throwing the ball. Is this from, but, from the guy that praises Matt Ryan? Though? So he just, I don't know. Matt Ryan's an MVP. I didn't watch him play every weekend, but I like, you know. And I like Vic. No, look, I had a Michael Vic jersey too. Look. I'm, I'm a Michael Vick fan. I am a Michael Vick fan. I have no choice but to be a Michael Vick fan. All I'm it's saying like is Michael Vick slander. It's kind of like sound like you're slandering his throwing arm, but oh, all that. He because he couldn't throw. He couldn't throw. If, but I'm okay. So in fairness, because what I was going to add to it is the fact that I mean I think Lamar gets paid, but as a crazy paycheck, the man has to have a 300 yard passing game first. Otherwise, he's just a running back that can throw. And. And, and he's going to get paid like that. He's going to get paid in between quarterback and running back until he shows that you know. He could throw for 300 yards and run for 100. So a little a little spit off of, of this Lamar thing. Do you think the Giants would be a better football team if they adopted the Ravens offense instead of trying to run a more traditional offense because Daniel no. Jones is actually fast as hell? No. Yeah, because then because then it becomes a little bit predictable. I, but with Daniel Jones, this is this is why he's so successful running the ball. Nobody's planning for it. Like nobody's planning for it, and 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 you don't have that, you know, that uh, that QB spy or anything for it because nobody's expecting it. And because of how good Saquon was for one year, you're basically if he sets up and he's handing it off to him, but he's really about to turn around and run upfield. You're not. Nobody's expecting that. Everybody's going to give that attention to the other side of the field where the receivers are and where the running back looks like he's going. So if he bootlegs. In a you know a play action type of bootleg, and just runs out to the other side, it's going to be tough to guard that. So I don't think that they just need to adopt an offense like that because he's not that fast. He's not. He's not Lamar. He's not, he's not Lamar fast. He's not Lamar. No, but on that run where he like tripped last year, that was I want to say in the top five, top ten like fastest run. He also, of, like, he he also you, proved that he could not maintain that speed. Let me tell you what type of anybody can run forward until they fall over. You know, but. The type of speed that Daniel Jones has reminds me of like when Aaron Rodgers would run the ball. It's like that. He's like sneaky good. His legs aren't moving extra fast. He's taking really long strides. Every step the man takes is like four yards. <laughs> Just throwing something out there. Um, one, one, one victory lap that I'm going to take, and even though they won 35 to nothing, uh, Josh Allen is turning back into Josh Allen like I told you all he would. He's not top two. He's not top three. It, it, He's, he's not, not the MVP Derek, this year. He's not Derek Carr. <laughs> I'm sorry. He's he's back to Josh Allen. Fling it, and it may land close to the receiver. Um, ben is cooked. Uh, ben is cooked. Woo. I mean, he was cooked two years ago. Yeah, I mean, exactly. yeah. Um, is there anything else from uh, week two y'all want to talk about? Uh, are we impressed with Kyler? Are we taking Cliff Kings very seriously? Are the Raiders legitimate, or are they just John Gruden's Raiders? Anything? I I tell you what, I, I'll lead off with the Raiders. I'm drinking their Kool-Aid, and I'll tell you why. At the end of the day, even though Ben's cooked, and I guess he hurt his peck, um, and the Ravens are missing all those running backs, it's a pretty impressive first two games to win. You know, it is. It's a pretty impressive game. Those are two good defenses at the end of the day, two of the top ten defenses in the NFL, and nobody would disagree with that with two great coaches in the NFL. And so I'm drinking the Kool-Aid because Derek Carr is playing uh, really good football. 
They've got balance. It feels like they've got balance. Darren Waller is, of course, a monster. And that defense looks so much better this year. It looks so much better. The Falcons, and I'm, yes, I'm going to keep bringing the Falcons up, guys, because I have to. The Falcons scored 43 points on them last year, and they were 6-6 six and six needing to win that game that they played against us. Our season was already done. That looks like a completely different team that I've watched. Uh, and I know that they started 2-0, I think, the last two years, right? But I don't think that they played as impressive opponents as, as they've gone through now. And then this week they get a slaughter – uh, with the Miami Dolphins with a backup quarterback, even though Brissett's a guy that, you know, he's a very serviceable backup. Take Miami. I think you're plus three and a half. Take Miami plus three and a half, baby. That was JP last week. But that yeah, that's don't do it again, JP. Don't do it again. Uh, yeah, no, no, no. I think that first, that extra week of the NFL this year was just given to Vegas. Like, it was gifted to Vegas. I said, Vegas, week one, we're going to let you guys do whatever the fuck you want. Just, just give us a script. All right, so let's get to the week three preview. I think we got two big matchups that 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 really stick out to me. Really, I'll say there's four important games, uh, but two really big ones. Uh, we're gonna look at the Packers and the 49ers. Uh, I think it's gonna let us know who the Packers are. Although the 49ers are, have lost like seven running backs in seven days, I, I think the scheme overall, overall will, will will prevail. Uh, and the Packers aren't physical. And we saw they struggled with a more physical Detroit team in the first half. And, you know, in the last time they played each other. They can be thrown on. Last time they played each other healthy in the uh, NFC Championship, the Packers got boat raced. As they got boat raced again that same season um, in the regular season. So, 49ers Packers, man. I, I think Aaron, carefree Aaron in his Zen self, is going to go out here and give them 350 and three or four tubs. But that's just me rooting for Aaron, and he's on my fantasy team. <laughs> oh, which, you know what? Speaking of fantasy, before I even get into that, that was a beautiful comeback, Lee. I mean, I thought you were dead in the water. The fact that you were down 50, I don't remember. It was 50-something points, and you came back. I literally, the whole time. Was I'm it? it was Aaron playing, Jones, wasn't it? Aaron Rodgers Rodgers kept throwing the ball to Aaron Jones. Every time that Aaron Jones scored a touchdown, it was a product of Aaron Rodgers, except what he had three receiving touchdowns and one rushing, right? Yeah, something like that, yeah. I mean, it couldn't have been scripted any better for you. And and even though the Packers' D was lacking in the first half, I don't think that you lost any points in the second half with it. No, I I picked up a couple points. Exactly, a couple sacks. You know, uh, they got a pick. So, yeah, bravo. But – I'm looking forward to that matchup more than anything, just because obviously it's a rematch from two years ago, NFC Championship. Um, you got a 49ers team that even though Mostert's out, and that's pretty much the only guy missing, you know, from that 49ers team that did go to the Super Bowl, uh, or yeah, that went to the Super Bowl. Kevin Coleman. Uh, it's pretty much the same team. They're two and zero. They played their first two games on the road, so their fans. I'm, if I'm not mistaken, California. They didn't have fans at all at any of the games for any of the teams. God, no, you can you can barely this go is, to the grocery store out there. This is going to be the 49ers. This is going to be the 49ers' first game with uh, fans in basically two years, and so I think the crowd's going to be pumped up. Sunday night football. You got Al Michaels on the call. I think it's going to be a great game, and it is going to come down to probably who has the ball last. Al, um, we might have to double check on that because I actually don't know. 
they might still not be allowing. They're, I mean, they're, I know they, they, it's so stadium, you got to be 100% vaccinated. I know that. They, no, they're allowed it because the Rams, the Rams had a, they had a full house. And they but had the, a, you know the, you know, you know, LA County is completely LA, different. Yeah, so up, yeah, so up there in in uh, Santa Clara County, it was it was super tight last year, but. Um, they did have some people at the away game. I had uh, one of my homeboys from uh, Monterey. He went to a away game. Excuse me. He went to a preseason game up there. Okay. So, uh, yeah, we got Al and, and Collinsworth on the call, baby. Yep. Put it right on mute. Watch the game. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you got anything on this game, JP? Are you ready to jump to Rams-Bucks? I'm ready to jump to Rams-Bucks. I like – I'm ready to Aaron, the Titans. But- let me walk back Tampa Bay not winning the NFC South, okay? <laughs> they are clicking on offense. Brady is putting together an MVP-esque season, and uh, they're going to meet one of his other MVP uh, uh, co- his MVP competition, Super Bowl competition, the L.A. Rams. Oh, you know, I'm picking against Brady because that's what I do, um, and their defense hasn't impressed me, and I know Jay Ram will take one of his receivers out. He will – he will lock up one of those receivers. And I think Jay Ram is taking a note down like, I want to pick off the greatest player ever. I think that's the kind of dude that Jalen Ramsey is. He's and, He wants to compete. He wants and, to play. And are the Bucs looking forward to week four going into Foxborough? They could be. Uh, it could be. But there's another thing to note here, too. I mean, all you got to do is look at all the Super Bowl that Brady's lost. Rams. Every Super Bowl that Brady's lost, what happens? Good interior pass rush. Oh, yeah. And who do they get? AD, baby. Oh, boy. I hope AD that. You know, and let me tell you, I respect Brady's Tom Brady. Take that hit. He's going to throw it exactly. away. I respect, I respect the hell out of Tom Brady. Day. Let me tell you, I can't wait for them to tee off on him. I really can't. I, I actually I hate Tom Brady. But <laughs> I, I only hate Tom Brady. For one race. Tom, I love you. If you ever see this, I, yeah, no, I mean, no, I sports hate the hell out of Tom Brady too. Twenty-eight three, I'll never get over that. I, I fucking. I was hate on the other side of that, so I mean, the hate you guys for Fuck you, love I got. He's a Michigan man. Go blue. Fuck you and Tom Brady. I, I hate, I hate Tom Brady. So I can't, I can't wait to see uh, Aaron Donald tee off up the middle um, and them not really having an answer for it because then once he's got to throw quick, then you do have Jalen Ramsey sitting there waiting. He's going to be down AB. There's no AB because he's on the COVID list. That's that's not um, 100% yet because he's vaccinated. So he just has to uh, have two negative tests within 24 hours. Totally possible, but it is a, a long shot. Regardless. And which would mean too, they would have to be leaving like, tonight. Texas. Yeah. They they're probably leaving tonight to go to, to LA. Yeah. Cause I, I would think, I would think. Um, but regardless, I think that's gonna be a great game. I, I personally, and I guess I will wait until the picks for me to kind of unveil who I got, even though I'm kind of telling it. <laughs> but, <laughs> but um I think it's gonna be a good game, definitely so far through two weeks, and then kind of on paper, just what we kind of all were thinking. It's kind of coming together that these are the two best teams in the NFC, and you know, outside of maybe the Chiefs, even though Chiefs just lost, but um, probably the two best teams in the NFL with all that talent. And um, I'm I'm looking forward to that, but I do think that it's going to be an uphill climb for Brady in this game because he's not going to face a better defense all year. And this will be the true measuring stick to me um, for that because obviously. 
I, nobody's drinking the Carolina Kool-Aid. I'm not. Uh, I think they, they're going to win tonight, but I don't – I'm not drinking that Kool-Aid. But uh, – and they've got the number one rated defense, which I have them in fantasy. Uh, but uh, nonetheless, I don't think that that's a real challenge for the Bucks. The Saints clearly aren't a real challenge for the Bucks, And, of course, the Falcons aren't a challenge for the Bucks, as we saw on Sunday. I mean, Even we though they played really the well. Huh? We were into the fourth quarter, then Matt started. Nine minutes left, three-point game. Three-point game, the cover was there, and it cost me $75,000. Shit happens, man. Shit happens. It's it's crazy. That one was one, though, that it was just like, for one, you know, I'm, I'm thinking Falcons money line. I'm thinking there's an upset this week. Falcons are going to pull it off. But gee, I mean, that one hurt my heart to see that. They all hurt my heart, but that one, yeah. I just know, I just know that it hurt you even more to get everything. But because it was so personal, it was very, it was personal because I want the Falcons to win, and then obviously everybody knows I'm, I'm a Matt Ryan fan. I for that much. I'll just leave well, them off, like I'm not breaking my heart. And, and I'm a Matt Ryan fan, and of course he's my fan. He was my fantasy quarterback, so like it just was bad all around for me. It didn't. There was no. I won. I lost so much right there. All right, so another big another big matchup I think we have. Uh Chiefs and Chargers. Uh I, I don't know what the Chargers are yet. They're obviously one and one. Brandon Staley's a rookie coach. Patrick Mahomes has never lost two games in a row. But if we think the pay uh the Buccaneers are what are one of the best teams in the league, and Dallas damn near played them to a draw, and then the Chargers played Dallas to a draw, uh, you know, last uh, last second field goal. Um and really outplayed Dallas, if we're being honest. Like, they just just had some major, major mess-ups. Um, can the L.A. Chargers maybe show up and and give Patty Mahomes his first two-game losing streak of his career? The Chiefs well, yeah, did not lose without obnoxious turnovers, bro. And Patrick Mahomes usually isn't going to be the one turning the ball over. So without fumbles, I don't see it happening. And I mean, it's, it's hard to predict a bunch of fumbles, but – the Chargers better be working on punching that ball out this weekend. And, and they sp- they spotted them seven. Po- the Ravens spotted the Chiefs seven points to kick off the game. Um, it it was it was crazy, but no, I I, I agree with him. I think that uh, at the end of the day, Chiefs not they're not falling to one and two. They're not falling to one and two. The Chargers they they obviously have talent, but no. Does anybody care about the Colts and Titans game? I do. I, I like. I love the Titans. Okay. I don't know if you guys know, but my uh, Super Bowl winner this year is the Titans. I got. I got a grand down on that to win twenty five grand. This first week scared the hell out of me, but um, I mean, Wentz isn't playing, so the Colts are working with uh, a, another QB. I don't see any way that they uh, come up with a way to outscore the Titans. Not that the Titans have showed their best football in all their games, but. Let me tell you too. This game is so important for the Colts. It's not even funny. Not only because you don't want to fall 0-3, but those first two losses that they took were at home. They've got three straight road games. It could get real ugly in Indy, if, especially if they're not competitive, because they were competitive in the first two games. They lost both of those games by one, you know, one score. And boy, I mean, it could things could really come from up under them if they lose. So it's kind of, it's really is a must win for them. I mean, it gets really ugly after this. Yeah, I mean, most people don't even know where Indianapolis is on the map. So whatever. Brett Hundley's taking the majority of the snaps this week over the Sam Ellinger and um, 
Jake Jacob Eason. So, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't blame him for wanting to get somebody with some experience of playing in football. Game. Do you remember what what Brett Hundley looked like when he quarterback the yeah, Packers? Dog shit. He's dog shit with the Packers. Maybe, maybe the Colts are who need to hire Cam Newton. Yeah, there's or. Or Nick Foles, you know, the guy who the head coach, uh, he was his coordinator when they won the Super Bowl. Well, you know, he's backing up Justin Fields this week. They got to have that insurance policy in Chicago. All right, man. So as we're getting close to the hour point and uh, we have uh, the game getting ready to kick off, uh, how did we do last week? We did fantastic. Um, college football. We went four, one, and one. The only loss being Oklahoma. Sorry, ass. They're not winning anything. Um, they, yeah, maybe they'll win the Big Twelve. I don't know. I don't even care because it doesn't matter. They're not contenders. Um, they were the only ones that didn't win. Clemson was a push because I took seven, um, just because that was the spread. Obviously, if you could have got an alternative, I would have did six and a half. I knew they'd be up a touchdown, but outside of that, right across the board, and then in the NFL. We went five and one with the glaring one being the Falcons, of course. And so um, great. Ba- it was a great bounce back week for me in terms of the picks here that we give away for free. Yeah. And uh, over on my side, <clears throat> it was terrible. It was I went one for five. Um, I did beat Pete's first week of 0 and 6. I'm just going to throw that out there. But I, <laughs> I was uh, I was I was also, as I said uh, last week, I was going counterintuitive on just about everything. So I could almost say that I went five and one. Um, I don't. I don't know how the fuck that Chargers money line didn't pull out. That was the the sweetest value on the Dallas Cowboys I have ever seen. Like, I mean, if I didn't believe in fixes, I would have easily bet ten thousand on the Cowboys. Like, yeah, yeah. But see, that was why I had to take the Cowboys. I just, it's just no way. I just, I just, I couldn't. Yeah, have you know, in this parlay game, I, I try not to say it's no way. As soon as I, as soon as I see a lock. Or I feel that there's no way, and the odds don't represent that. I leave it alone. I, I could gotcha. just couldn't imagine, uh, you know, the way that they played against the defending champs on opening night. Dak looking like Dak, and then having basically a half a bye week because they played Thursday, so they weren't, yeah. you know. So to me, that helped more game planning. They probably, if they wanted to, or maybe they did do this as a team, they could have been at the facility together on Sunday watching the game. As it was live, like you know what I mean. I just mm-hmm. I felt like uh, that could have been something. Uh, yeah, I, I took the over. I think this game is going over. I try not to interrupt you guys with the pictures. I just wanted to be there so you can see it. Davis nah, nah, nah. <laughs> Mills' nice. neck is fucking long as hell. Davis <laughs> Mills. Okay, so let's get into this week's picks. Pete, would you like to go first, or you like your boy to handle it? Uh, we're going to do college first, right? Yeah, let's go ahead and knock out your college picks. All right. Kicking off the week, we've got uh, some really, really good stuff. Like I said, 4-1-1 one, one last week. Um, let's kick it off with something spicy and easy. I'm taking some notes down. This guy's hot. Give me Boise State at Utah State, minus nine. Utah State is atrocious. Boise State is looking to bounce back. They are going to cover this spread. This is a gimme pick for anyone that uh, loves blowouts. I would take it by more if I could. Well, I can, but no reason to get greedy. 
Just give me the nine. No one by ten. I would take it by more if I could. Well, I can, but no reason to be greedy. Right. There's no reason to do that. I don't want to put a number on it. I want to play the number they're giving me. And so, oxymoron was a sentence. <laughs> uh, next up, we got another one. I know that everybody thinks that Clemson's done because of just how they've looked. They've haven't, they haven't looked good. That defense is still great, though, and that's what people need to realize. They're playing an NC State team that got their ass washed by Mississippi State. Clemson is going to show up. They're going to have that game of, oh, okay, there they are. There's DJ There's This is the team that we thought that they were going to be, and this is why I love it when a team struggles. They set the line low. Give me Clemson uh, minus nine and a half at NC State. They're going to cover that spread because, like I said, if they weren't playing as bad as they were, this would easily be a 16, 17. They, they've knocked at least a touchdown off of this. Just because of how they looked last week against Georgia Tech, it coming down to the water. They could have very they could have really lost that game to Tech. Um, let's see, another one. We got Iowa first quarter. Uh, spread minus six and a half against Colorado State. Another washed up, beat up team that is terrible. Yeah, minus six and a half. Minus six and a half. Is the Let me first put a quarter. note in there. When when Parlay Pete does the first quarter bet, you follow. Okay. Oh no, the first. Oh yeah, the first quarter. I just want to let the people out there know. First quarters are the easiest money, and that's why Alabama they didn't cover the game. But who told you to go first quarter three and a half? <laughs> Easy money, twenty one three. It, and 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 literally on that one, the crazy part around. is that uh, you know everybody kind of looked at it, and I and I said what I said. I said maximum amount of points that Florida scores in this first quarter is three. I said minimum amount that Alabama scores is seven. It's easy, easy, easy. Uh, but yeah, Iowa first quarter minus six and a half against Colorado State. Um, another first quarter bet. Give me the dogs of UGA. Against Vanderbilt, minus seven and a half against, uh, yeah, minus seven and a half against Vanderbilt. My, uh, it's even money. Uh, Georgia's going to kick the shit out of Vanderbilt, just like they did South Carolina last week. They're going to kick the shit out of them. This is a really bad team, guys. <laughs> I can't believe that they're giving this number, to be totally honest with you, because you're basically saying if you take the other side, that Georgia won't score over a touchdown. And I know that Georgia's not giving up points to Vanderbilt. Everybody knows that. Everybody knows that. Uh, let's see. What are we? We're four through. Yep. Uh, all right. Cause I got a couple on here. So I'm just trying to make the best decision That's of what I want to do. Uh, next one. Let's go UCLA money line at Stanford. Stanford's look really good this year. They look really good this year, but UCLA, if they're going to have that breakthrough that Chip Kelly is supposed to have in year four or five, now that he's gotten his whole recruiting class and cycle through in, in Southern California, you got to win games like this against a Stanford team that's not that good. You got to win games like this. USC's um, us. Well, and and you would think USC would be more talented, but uh, UCLA they kind of proved it earlier this year. I know they had a bad loss, but Fresno State's pretty good too. Yeah, and they I think are. That yeah, a lot of people didn't realize that, that that's actually a good team, and they put plenty of guys in the NFL: Derek Carr, Devontae Adams. They put guys in the league, so they're good. Oh, George. Um, and then my final one. I was battling between if I wanted to give you some easy money lines or uh, a really good spread. So I'm going to just take the spread because fuck it. Let's go Buffalo at Old Dominion minus 13 and a half. Buffalo should cream them. Old Dominion is, you know, I know that they're the, the fighting Taylor Heineke's. And, you know, he's a good story. Everybody loves seeing Taylor Heineke win games um, like he did Thursday night that cost me $50,000. Um <laughs> It fucking happened. 
It did it not happen, JP? But yeah, to recap, this week there was $125,000 left on the table between the New York Giants losing by one point and the Falcons not covering a 14 point spread. Well, let's just no, let's call it how it really is. Two pick sixes by Matt Ryan and a false in a false start. No, oh, and an uh, offsides call on a missed field goal against uh Washington. I don't know if you want to write your some holding call on that start call or that that uh that offsides call. You guys should look at that again. It was almost like too perfectly timed of a jump and therefore yeah, the rest he moved of the flag because he, he moved for the rest else. of his teammates. He moved for the rest of his teammates. But uh yeah, that's pretty much it on our college slate. And I can even give you a bonus one if you want, uh just because it's free money. Give me Iowa State money line at Baylor. Matt Campbell's got those boys. Uh, they're they're going to be playing a little bit better. Baylor is not back to Baylor that it was with uh, Art Bros. Well, then I, yeah, I Waco won't. ain't been the same since Major Parlay left, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Major Parlay, let's get to your your week three NFL bets. All right, <clears throat> so I'm gonna start off right there. Las Vegas Raiders money line. I got them on the Dolphins. Last week, I picked the Dolphins plus three and a half versus the Bills. I thought Vegas was doing some funny shit. They weren't. The Bills creamed them 35-0 like they were supposed to. I see the Raiders doing something similar. Um, next, I have the Tennessee Titans beating the Colts. Colts are playing with uh, – what's his name again? Exactly. All right, cool. <laughs> so they, I, I don't see them outscoring the Titans. I'm definitely – I mean, if the Cowboys beat the Chargers, I'm def- I got to ride with the Cowboys this week. Uh, only reason I didn't ride with last week, once again, is because I was being counterintuitive. We're not doing that shit this week. Are we taking money lines uh, or are we covering? I'm, I'm taking I'm taking money lines on all of these, to be honest with you. I'm not losing by half a point, okay? I'm taking money lines everywhere. Gotcha. Um, and then I got two unders. I like the under in the Vegas versus Dolphins game. One, because the Dolphins are playing with Brissett. I don't see him putting up many points against that Raiders defense. But I also know that the Dolphins have a great defense, and I don't know how much that tight end-based attack with Jacobs feeling a little iffy is going to – is how effective that's going to be against the Dolphins. I expect them to win, but I expect the game to go under 44-and-a-half. And then uh, the last thing on my six-pack is going to be the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Los Angeles Rams. I'm going to give you this one with a grain of salt because you, you you essentially have two top five defenses, and they got they got the over-under at 55. Um, Tom Brady's going to be playing on the West Coast. So it's going to be – the game starts at 445. It's going to be like more 735 his time. I know Tom Brady did not be that good of a player after 9 o'clock Eastern. Um, so I got the Rams, but that's not on my picks. I'm just going to take the under in the game because I think that between those two defenses, one of them should stop the other team from scoring 24 points. I like it. I like it. I oh, like it. oh, I missed one. I missed one. Uh, this is going to be your favorite one, Pi. I got the Falcons winning in New York this week. Oh, and if I didn't have to go to Vegas, I might come to New York with you for that one. But I am not touching that game uh, with a ten foot pole. I can't, I just I can't go through that anxiety. Anymore. Are you going to the game? Yeah, yeah. I'm <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm looking to fly up there. Either, I'm either fly up there tomorrow or Saturday. I haven't decided yet. But so. um, hopefully, hopefully tomorrow. I got some stuff I got to do in the morning. But uh, let me know at the airport, bro. We might be in that joint together. Oh, for sure. And then, of course, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. Got to get, uh, got to get my baby up there. But um, let's do this. Uh, I wanted to give a good little mix of stuff here. Okay. Um, so I got. Let's see. I want to count it up. I've actually got. I've got three underdogs, okay. and they're not true dogs, in my opinion. They're not really dogs. Um, 
but but I, I like them as dogs. Uh, let's start off at the top. I got the Arizona Cardinals and the Jacksonville Jaguars. Give me the under 52 here. I don't see Trevor Lawrence and the Jaguars really scoring any points. The Cardinals' defense has been pretty good so far. I know that the Vikings kind of torched them a little bit, but the Vikings also have probably one of the, the Vikings best weapons. The Vikings yeah. aren't a bad team. They just lost two games, but they're not a bad team. Yeah, they're, I tell you what, that's an overreaction of an 0-2. They're a lot better Absolutely. than their record is. Um, but give me the under there. I just don't see the points, and I think that if there is something that Jacksonville will hang their hat on is that their defense isn't awful, like god-awful. You know what they I mean? Coaches. Yes, that's true. But he gets his third game, and they're at home. So And, and Arizona's traveling from the West Coast. So give me the under 52. Uh, next game, let me get the Titans on the spread. I love the Titans at five and a half um, against the Colts. I just think that, that it's one of those things where the Colts, they're down bad right now. You know, um, like you said, Carson Wentz, it doesn't sound like he's going to play. And if Brent Hunley's been taking the snaps, oh, my God, what are the Titans going to do to them? This is, should be an easy spread. Honestly, I would take more on it if I could. And I can, but I won't. No, <laughs> I'll take the five and a half. Uh, next game, let me get the Minnesota Vikings money line against Seattle. I think I was, that Pete's comments, that that's a tough think that comments are a little too much. Um, I think Russ is going to ball out because the Vikings defense, they, they were without Anthony Barr and Everson Griffin last week. I don't know if they're back. But regardless, they're at home in a must-win game uh, because you don't want to get too far behind Green Bay, uh, which leads into my next pick. I'm going to take the Packers against the 49ers, money line. I think that uh, Aaron's got back on track, and he's the kind of guy that likes to you know, show up on primetime games. He did it on Monday Night Football. He's got another opportunity here against a team that's 2-0. and That's a true test, you know, what people would consider a contender uh, in the NFC. Let me take the Packers. Then I'm taking another tough game here. Give me the Rams. Like I kind of hinted earlier on earlier on in the show, uh, I really do like uh, Aaron Donald and that defensive lines matchup against Tom Brady and the Bucks, especially if A.B. is out. As many weapons as Tampa has, they got to travel to the West Coast against what I would say is probably the best defense in the NFL with the crowd. And then now finally, not that Jared Goff wasn't a competent quarterback, but a game-changing quarterback, a guy that can make all the throws, a guy that um, Coach on the field. will be able to move the ball. If the Falcons were able to move the ball on the Bucks and get 25, um, I really like the Rams' chances too, especially with McVay making the play calls. And then my final game of the six-pack. At least first. Let me go ahead and get the Cowboys on the spread at minus three and a half. I am not a believer in the Eagles. I know that they play the 49ers really tough, but they're coming on the road. I think that this is going to be kind of the game where Dallas asserts its dominance on, in the NFC and says that this is our division. Dak's back. You know, we don't have to worry about this anymore because we know that you guys can't score as many points as us. Jalen Hurts had one good game against a very bad defense. You know that the Falcons have given up more points than anyone uh, in the NFL this year. Not shocked. Yeah, I was about to say the surprise factor here. And it's the, mo and it's the <laughs> most. It's 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 they've never and never in the history of the Falcons have they given up this many points in back to back games, which is kind of astounding because we've had a bad defense for the last decade and a half. But 
the fact that this is the worst two-game uh, two run in team history says a lot. So I don't believe in Jalen Hurts. Give me Dak and the Cowboys. Get the Eagles only scored 22, though, isn't it? You said who? The Eagles scored 22 against you guys? 32. Oh, okay. We're going to miss that last 10 points. And then, and, then Tampa, and then then Tampa gave us a 48-burger. And Brady threw for five. But, hey, look, the game started, guys, so I'm going to let you all go. Let me go over the picks real quick. So, for Parlay Pete's college six-pack, we got Boise uh, and Utah State. You're taking Boise minus nine. You're taking – in the Clemson and NC State game, you're taking Clemson minus nine and a half. We got Iowa first quarter minus six and a half. We got UGA minus seven and a half. That's first quarter versus Vandy. UCLA money line at Stanford. Uh, Buffalo minus 13 and a half over ODU. And Iowa State money line against Baylor. Major parlay for your NFL picks. We got Las Vegas Raiders money line. We got the Titans money line. We got the Cowboys money line. We got... Excuse me, the Vegas uh, versus Dolphins under, under 44 and a half. Uh, Tampa versus the Rams, we got the under there. And the Falcons versus New York, we're taking the Falcons money line. Hey, what's that under for Tampa uh, and, and, and LA? 55 and a half. 55. All right. And then to close out, we got Parlay Peach, NFL six pack, Arizona versus the Jags under 52. We're taking Titans minus five and a half. We're taking Vikings money line. We're taking the Packers money line. We're taking the Rams money line. And we're taking the Cowboys to cover at minus three and a half. Yes, sir. All right, Let's man. Thank it. you, guys. Money make the weekend. Let's get it. Y'all have a good weekend. I'll talk to y'all in the group text. And I'm about to close out talking about these conveniently capitalist owners. All, All right. right. Thank, Thank you for having us again. Look no forward problem. to being back next week. Look Holla forward to an 18-0 week on these picks. Let's go, Pete. Rise Let's up. get it. All right, so to close out, I want to talk about the conveniently, conveniently capitalist owners, right? So in America, we love our business. We love free markets. We want to ca maximize the amount of profit that we can make in our business. And so that's what a lot of these NFL owners are doing. And as Americans, we love to push back on socialism or socialist type type policies that affect business. And I tell you in sports, it's so crazy because what we do is we become conveniently capitalist or conveniently socialist, depending on how it fits what we want, right? We, we say, well, the owner can do what they want. They can cut the players because the owner is trying to get the most value for the player. Yeah, but there's a salary cap. The owners want the market to dictate and, and and when they're doing these TV rights, right? They they want the market to dictate with their other businesses. They want the market to dictate with their ticket prices, their concession prices, but you don't want the market to dictate the price of labor. Oh, why? Because your labor is what is the draw, right? So we put in these a, a, a rookie a rookie pay scale, right? We say by position, if you get franchised, you can only make this much money. Like the franchise tag, are we serious? There's nothing capitalist about the franchise tag there is nothing capitalist about a ricky pay scale there is nothing capitalist about those things there's nothing capitalist about a salary cap like you can only make this much money in this industry or you can only spend this much money in this industry so the player who is trying to be a capitalist right you want to poo poo the player for 
wanting to leave and make more money or wanting to hit the market to make more money or not taking a team-friendly deal because he wants more money. I find that interesting, man. You know, if you're going to be a convenient capitalist, be a convenient capitalist. But say that. Just say you want things to work the way that you want them to work when you want them to work that way instead of you just uh, uh, you just subscribe to a certain a certain way of life, a way of thinking. And, you know, to hell with the owners, man. They they're I mean, look at the CBA. Look, look, look at how they jerk the players around on the CBA. But it's OK. We always point our fingers at the laborers because you know what? You're supposed to be at the bottom and you're supposed to take the crumbs that are given to you. Hope you enjoy our picks. Hope you have a great football weekend. Sorry to end on a somber note, but you know what? It gets annoying sometimes when you see what these owners do. Have a good weekend, y'all. Big baby out.